<laughs> Good morning, Forest View. <laughs> All this rain. I'm happy it didn't happen last night because last night I was at the Arkells concert. My friends here, thanks for coming out. I got a little picture here. Here we are. It was a lot of fun. It was, it was a great time. And what was really interesting is one of my best friends, one of my closest friends, I've known him since grade nine. Um, we're really tight. I'm going to see him on Tuesday. We're going to get plans in Sarnia. Uh, he happened not to tell me he's also going to the concert, and I just saw him there. So this is kind of a picture of us. Like, that guy over there, I don't know who that is or that is. <laughs> they photobombed us. He told me it was photo-enhancing. My brother told me that was fake news, so I was like, ah, that's probably, that's probably true. Well, it was interesting talking to him, just catching up real quick, and he said to me, you know, sometimes being a parent, his, his kid is turning 11, just like mine, he's like, I was just driving along the 402, and I, I just want to stop and leave her on the side of the highway. <laughs> and we're just talking about it, he's like, oh, too, too cool for school and all this stuff, and he's like, you know what, she doesn't even know the secret. The secret is, I'll let her do all sorts of bad things. She can do all sorts of bad things as long as she's not mean to me. Like, just be nice to me. I thought it was pretty, and I started thinking about that. Part of being a parent sometimes is you kind of feel uh, like, do they really appreciate me? Like, why are they being so mean to me? Don't they they know all the work that I'm doing for them? And that kind of uh, attitude, you're like, what I want for my kids is that they start to be people who are thankful. You ever had that frustration? If, if, you, if you have been a parent, you might know this. You're at a party. The kid runs up. There's pizzas delivered. They, run up, they grab the pizza and just run off. You're like, whoa, wait, wait. You have to bring them all the way back. And they're like, whoa, whoa. It's like, what do you say? And they're like, thank you. And you're like, that should be natural. I want you to be a person who is polite, but also just a person who has gratitude in their heart. That food does not get on the table by itself. Nothing gets my blood boiling with my kids like ingratitude. But when I think about it from a spiritual perspective, I look in my own heart, I start to see, man, I'm just a spoiled little kid. When I run about my errands, going about my life, picking up my food, am I taking a moment just to say thank you? To remember where it all comes from. To remember, I didn't create all this. I didn't bring the friends into my life that he's brought into my life. This is all from the hand of God. And so when we talk about reflecting perfection or reflecting the goodness of who God is in our lives, seeing his goodness shine shine and bounce off of us, one of those things we recognize is how important it is for our hearts to always be thankful all the time. And there's a story that we hear with Jesus where we start to see this really illustrated very powerfully. The story of the 10 lepers. It begins like this. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus! Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Wow, this is a a picture of Jesus making the big trek to Jerusalem, the big smoke, the capital city. 
And as he's going along this route, he's going between two areas he knows pretty well. One is Galilee. That's his hometown. It's kind of like the armpit of Israel. It's kind of like my hometown, Sarnia, <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> and he's traveling this route, but on the other side is the domain of Samaria. And the Samaritans were people that the disciples didn't like too much. See, the Samaritans kind of had a, a connection to, the, to the, the 10 lost tribes of Israel, and there was some kind of a difference between the way they worshipped and where they worshipped. And so the people of Israel would look at the Samaritans as, as an unclean people. And Jesus is, uh, recognizes this, and we hear him use the word Samaritan a lot to ha- try to help people break down those walls of, of division that can happen. And so he comes to these people, and he's, I mean, he comes to this place, and there's these 10 people who greet him. What a sight. Can you imagine this picture? You're on the outskirt of a, of a village, and there's these 10 people wrapped in bandages, and, and they're crying out. These are people who have to walk and tell you, unclean, unclean, as they walk anywhere, to give enough people warning to scatter in the presence. Can you, can you imagine how alienating it would be? If you read uh, Leviticus 13 and 14, you get into the rules of leprosy. And the rule is basically, you have to be outside the camp. You have to call ahead. It's basically a recipe for alienation and isolation. Now, it's easier for us to go like, oh, the poor, the poor lepers, and this is uh, social ostracization. Why are they doing this? Well, it was, it was a public health policy. You got to remember, if, if they were in the city, more and more people would catch it, and then this would spread. And so the scripture is a very interesting book. Sometimes what you have is actual health policy. Like when SARS hit... Remember that? My friend who was a doctor in England was supposed to come to our wedding. He called me and said, sir, I can't come. I was like, what? What do you mean, man? Like, I, I need you there. And he's like, if I come to Canada right now, I will never be allowed to be a doctor in England again. Why? Just in case, SARS. Just in case. This is the public health policy. And so when Jesus comes upon these people, they're here. They, they probably understand why they're there. They don't, they don't want to catch other people. But it is, it is a life that is heart-wrenching of loneliness. All they have is each other, probably just brought together by their illness. And so here they go. They see Jesus and they call out like they're supposed to ahead of time. Jesus, Master, can we just get a little bit of love over here? Now, the one thing a rabbi probably in that time would not do would be to go and, and touch these people. So it's really interesting the way Jesus deals with this. The way he heals them is actually very interesting. He says to them, you know what? Go and tell the priests. Go see the priests right now on your way. They're probably thinking, what? Well, that was also part of the Levitical code. In order to be deemed clean, to go back into society... You need to go see a priest. And they had to look you over very thoroughly, and there's a whole, a whole set of policies there. And they had to clear you, give you a clear bill of health. You're now allowed into the wider public. And so Jesus just says to them, okay, just go, go see the priest. They'll take care of you. It's a very interesting way to, to do a healing, right? He doesn't even say, in the name of God. He doesn't pray over It's just like, hey, go, go to the priest. They'll take care of you. I wonder what it felt like to be just walking towards the priest. They're probably like, why? The priests don't want to see us. Like, this is, this is a weird... And as they start taking their steps, as they start walking along the way to the priest, they start being healed. They start being cleansed. 
What power would that be? Could you imagine the freedom they felt? Oh man, like there, I, there, I swear there were spots here just yet. What about here? Oh, peeling bandages off, looking like, what is going on? I'm getting more and more excited, starting to have a little joyous stuff. Like starting to, oh, I'm going to skip to the doctor today. I'm going to skip to the priest. And starting to feel that elation in their hearts and recognizing, I have a new life. Jesus is in the business of giving people new life. He's in the business of healing people, helping recover, repair their hearts. As we heard, a young lady from the street. And then the story continues. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, We're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? And then he asked him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. A beautiful picture. I can see the the 10 running off as Jesus commanded them. 10 heads just bobbing off in the distance. And then all of a sudden you see one kind of stop. And then start coming closer. And as he comes closer, you hear this voice, this singing praises like we heard this morning. A loud voice, this singing out, a cappella. Thank you, God. Praise you, God. I'm healed. Just singing. Singing worship tunes. I'm sure probably sung some psalms there. Might have sounded a little like a Bob Marley tune, I'm guessing. Or at least Hillsong, right? <laughs> any case, the one thing you can hear in this man's voice is joy. Oh. He's praising God. He's one happy camper. Or, or he's one happy person who doesn't have to camp outside the city anymore. And he throws himself at Jesus' feet, just lands on his feet and thanks him. Notice some things here. He's touching Jesus before the protocols. He says, thank you. And Jesus realizes he will not make me unclean. I have made him clean. A beautiful picture. Now, but Jesus' response is kind of weird. If you think of it, he, he's kind of chastising the other nine a little bit, isn't he? What's up with you guys? And you could, if I was one of them, I'd be like, if I heard about, it, hey, well, Jesus, you told us to go to the priest. We just followed your command. What do you mean? Like, but Jesus, and I don't think this is like Jesus is mad at them. He's not going to take away their healing. Ah, now you're, right? It was, this isn't how Jesus operates. He gives them the great out of his, his heart. He, he wants those people healed. He wants to love them. What's happened, though, is they missed a chance. They missed a chance to say thank you. They missed a chance to touch Jesus. They missed a chance for him to look at them in love and fill them with a spirit of joy. See, everyone was, all of these are here. They're all joyous, but this man gets a double portion because Jesus gives him personal love. And I wonder about that sometimes in my own life when, when I'm going about my life and, and there's times in my life when I just forget to, to say thank you. 
where I'm thankful for all the things Jesus has done for me, my, my Lord has done for me, God has given me a great life, and I, and I have all this, but, but I just forget where it came from. And notice who's the one who comes back, the Samaritan, the foreigner, the one whom the disciples did not like. There's a part, I think I've mentioned this many times, where the, they actually asked, the disciples actually asked Jesus to nuke Samaria. Please bring fire down upon them. Get rid of them. And here Jesus is saying, the Samaritan disciples, you need to be a little bit more like him. Do you remember to say thank you? Be thankful. It's as simple as that. Just have some gratitude because us humans can be ungrateful jerks. Can we? You see it just in and, and, and dismissing a, a waiter or a waitress. You see it just in, in, in everyday life, like kind of people building themselves up a ladder and then like when, they're, when they get to the top, just pushing everyone else that was below out of the way. And now I have my new world. I'm in my new friends. And I'm even saying thank you for what you've done to help get me here. This is the way uh, Paul puts it. Although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. This is a problem. The basic setting of the human heart is supposed to be set to thankfulness. I actually believe that what we're meant to do is to be a people who return the gift that's God given to us. He's given us life. He's given us breath. He's given us voices. And we're supposed to give that back to him. Hey, thank you. Praise that. That's our number one function is to return what we're given back, and then that brings us joy because now we're connected to the one who gave it all to us, and we're joyous, and it's like this feedback loop of joy that starts building in our thankfulness with God. That's who we are as humans. That's what we're made to be in communion with our maker. And when I look at my life, I, I see all that God has given me, and I realize I need to have some gratitude but it's so easy to forget him. And we cry out the pain to God all the time. I cry out in pain to God. Oh, this is tough, Lord. Can't, am I going to get through this? I need you, God. That's easy. But when he comes through, when I look in the eyes of my three beautiful kids and my wife, am I, am I saying, thank you, then? Or am I saying, pretty good guy here. Got that hottie. Right? How do I respond to what I have in my life? There is joy when you say thank you. Now, Jesus, as Christians, we, we talk about Jesus as uh, the incarnate God coming to earth, and, and, there's, and some, how's that all work? Jesus says thank you to God. I want to make that very clear. He's very clearly thanking his Father. He recognizes this as he recognizes his human essence is all this beautiful gift that God has created. This is in Matthew eleven twenty five. 25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and you revealed them to the babes. You hid these from the religious leaders. You've hid these things from the political leaders. You've hid these things from all the puffed up people, and it's the poor the destitute, the prostitutes, the children. These are the people who recognize it and are saying, thank you. And he thanks God for that. And John eleven forty one. 41. And then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. Now this is Lazarus. 
And this is before Lazarus comes back from the dead. And this is the first thing he says. He lifts his eyes up and he says, Father, I thank you, you have heard me. How many times do we just say, thank you, God, for listening? When I'm blabbering, thank you for hearing me. Not for doing what I told you to do. Not for, thank you for hearing me out. The Psalms say, sing with the, to the Lord with thanksgiving. This is supposed to be our, our attitude, doxological praise. It's supposed to be a response to life. Is thank you, thank you, thank you. The spirit of thanksgiving is always a mark of a mature, spiritual Christian. And so how do we give thanks? Now, what do we give thanks for? I just want to talk about a few things here. First of all, we need to thank God for, for the material blessings in our lives. And I know some are more and less, and, but we need to thank God. That. The very first thing we need to thank God for is existence. Like, thanks. Thanks that I'm here. Thanks that you breathed Numa life into me. Thank you for the bios, life itself, this living organisms across this planet. Thank you, God, that I get to be part of this chain of life. Thank you that you, you gave me a spirit. Thank you that you gave me intelligence. Thank you that you've given me so much. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my food. Thank you for cars, places to live. Thank you for allowing me to enjoy this life. Because guess what? There's a lot to enjoy. There's a lot of times I've smiled and it's like, no matter how, I, I know I've had a lot of pain, but there's a joy that's come in my life. Thank you, God. And with that comes thanking God for the, for the people in your life. Recognizing that God's placed people in your life, whether it's new or old, however, however it works. Paul writes, I thank God for you. And then that's the attitude we need to have. I thank God for you. I thank God for my family. I just want to say, Megan, thank you. Thank you for being here for me with my weird job, being a pastor, having my life pour into other people as well, sharing. Thank you for staying strong by me when there's lies coming about me to me and you tell me that's a lie. I don't believe it. Thank you for the times when I hear something about myself that I need to hear. That's a hard thing to hear. And you're like, oh, that's actually true. <laughs> how, do you, how do we work with that? Thank you. I love you. This, this brings me to the second thing I realized in my, my intro. What an ungracious intro. Oh, my kids, they book me sometimes. I opened the door this morning and I looked at my three kids because we had friends over there all on the, on the floor together, huddled together, and my heart's more like, oh, thank you, God. I'm so blessed. Whatever annoyance or frustration I have, I, oh my goodness, is that not topped by the joy that they bring me? And I know some of you, I'm praying, like, I know it's difficult. Some, some aren't, don't have children. Some, some are struggling with relationships with children. But just, I recognize, I'm like, oh, I'm blessed. I gotta say thank you. How ungrateful am I? for this great blessing of my children, my family, my mother-in-law, my parents, my brother. What a blessing. And so I, I think about the friends in my life, old friends, new friends. <sighs> what a blessing. What a blessing, my friends, you are. I want to say thank you for exhort. Man, when we've been getting together every Monday, that's been, every Tuesday, once a month, 
filled my heart. So I say thank you. Thank you for the times I got to serve with you guys at next door. Thank you for the times I got to serve you here. I thank God for believers. I thank God for the church family where I can go to a country across the world and all of a sudden make a connection with someone because we both love Jesus together. Like, oh, yeah. I'm thankful for everyone that's come across my life, people in my life who made me really dig down on myself, find patience or, or look at myself differently or at difficult times. Like, I, I'm thankful to God for that. Thank God for, uh, some of you guys are like, thank God for like that noisy coworker who's always like popping gum all the time and trying to concentrate. Yeah, thank you God for that. <laughs> that reminds me, that's another thing we're supposed to be thankful for. We're supposed to be thankful for everything. In the midst of our trials, in the midst of our persecution, in the midst of difficulties, we're supposed to thank God. It says this in, in James, one of the hardest verses. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Thank you, God, for this hard time. God, make me really be able to say thank you, God, for this hard time, right? That's, not, that's what we need. Is recognizing that in the midst of trials, this is hard. Like, I, I'm looking at the rain, and you know, it's like, oh, rain, blah, blah. It's like, you know what? Thank you for the rain. I need the rain. We need the rain. Maybe at the time when we're trying to get that baseball game and we, oh, it rained out, we're, we're kind of upset about it. But like, thank you for rain. I, would, I don't want you to stop rain in general so I can go to one baseball game, right? Thank you for the rain. Thank you that I get to experience pain. It, it lets me know I'm alive. It lets me know that I can survive because God walks with me. I thank God especially for my, my Jesus, for my salvation, for the healing, the rescue, that this kid who was a young punk and thought he knew so much things that I got on my knees and just said, God, I can't do this on my own. And I thank God that he said, I'm here with you. I'm going to walk this journey with you. Leprosy is sin. My, my life was filled with sin. I was made to fulfill my own pleasures and, and I had this sickness, which is basically a selfishness. That's why I wasn't gra- grateful. And I came to God through Jesus. I said, please cure me of this sickness, this leprosy. I need you. I need to be healed. And the hand of God reached down and he placed his hand upon me and he said, you are clean. Follow my son. And it gave me a new life. And I, I know I'm not perfect. I get to show you many ways. But I'm, I'm a, a person who's been changed by Jesus. I thank God for my salvation. I thank God for his continued power in my life. As much as things go up and down and, and you know, he doesn't just do whatever we want. Oh, I need this. He, I, he's not some person I can just kind of control with prayer. But I thank God for his presence right now. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. The future is bright. I thank God for the Holy Spirit of God that lives in my, in my heart. God's not done yet. The future is bright. God is working in his people. He's going to bless us. And so I lastly want to thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for allowing me to be your pastor, shepherd. Thank you for these two and a half years together. I was looking back at my sermons and um, I, I realized I counted, I've preached 97 sermons here. So thank you. 
That's Connor McDavid's number. Anyone wants to know? So that's, that's pretty good. And I just hope that if I leave with anything, this is my philosophy of leadership because as I step down from the mantle, as, I, as, it, as it's left and will be placed where God has it, this is my philosophy of leadership. It comes from 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Follow me as I follow Jesus. That's what it means to be a disciple maker, is to show that Jesus is reflecting off of you and others can look to you and say, I want to go in that path too. And as, as much as I am imperfect, as much as we are imperfect, God gives us chances to help others follow Jesus because they see him moving in our life. I've grown so much here. I truly have. I will not be the same man since I stepped first on this stage. And I'm so thankful. I, I have to say, we, we all have so much to thank God for. And so the one question I ask myself, and I'm thinking about all this being thankful, the one question I keep asking myself is, am I growing closer to Jesus? Am I getting, am I getting closer? Am I the man who's turning away and going back to him to say thank you? And am I closer to Jesus now than I was when I started here? And you know what? I got to say, thank you, yes. I know it's true. I'm closer to Jesus because of you. And I look around and I I talk with lots of you and it brings me so much joy to have heard people say, you know what? I'm closer to Jesus now because you were with us, Cyril. So thank you for this chance. I hope in my coming and in my going that I am helping point to Jesus. That's all I can do. That's all I have. I look at my life and, and I feel closer to him and I'm so thankful for that. And I look at you and I say, I see you moving closer to Jesus and I know next time I sit down with some of you that you will be moving that much closer to Jesus as you move together towards him. And I just want to say, in my life, looking at you guys, thank you for reflecting his Perfection. Praise be to God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, oh, you guys. Thank you so much. Oh, let me let's see. And when he took the cup, he gave thanks, and he gave it to them, saying, "Drink you all of it." I think about Jesus when he's facing the cross. He knows those Roman centurions are about to put him up on there with spikes. And he looks to heaven and he says, thank you. That is the life I want to live. In the midst of darkness, when there's depression, when there's things that hit that I don't expect, that I will turn to heaven, facing my cup, facing my cross and say, Thank you. Thank you for this chance 
to show Jesus. From the day he was betrayed, he took the bread and he, and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. And he took the cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sin. From this moment forward, I ask you to gather and do this together as a family to remember who and what I am to remember what I did for you as a way of saying, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for cleaning me up, for healing me, and for making me whole again. As today, as we come to the table, I pray that we can come in a spirit of thanksgiving, thanking God for what he's been doing with us and what he's going to do with us. Let's pray. Holy God, we thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that Though we are imperfect, though, though we are fallen, though we are sinful, you are pure, you are clear. And through Christ, Lord God, you've washed this all away. I pray, Lord God, for those who don't know you, that they would come to step to you, be embraced in the forgiveness and the, the power that you give to us to live this life with a new spirit, with a new attitude, an attitude of gratitude. I pray that we would be people who thank you, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, as we celebrate today, as we, as we say goodbye, as we say farewell, Lord God, that you would keep in all of our hearts truly a spirit that says, thank you for this life. Thank you for cleaning this life. Thank you for bringing us together. And thank you that you will bring us back together around a table when your son returns. In his name we pray. Amen.